Greetings from Vienna, and uh, welcome to the final installment in the podcast of When Sysadmins Ruled the Earth, and it's probably going to be the final installment uh, of this podcast for the year, and I've got all this travel ahead of me, and I'm going to just probably knock this off for a while. Uh, I've come down with a vicious cold while here at the Monochrome uh, Cocktail Robotics Conference, uh, which has been otherwise brilliant, and um, so you'll excuse me if I if I sound a little muzzy and hoarse. So here we go. They didn't see a single soul on the fifteen-minute walk. There wasn't a single sound, except for some bird noises and some distant groans, and the wind and the electric cables overhead. It was like walking on the surface of the moon. Bet they have chocolate bars at the shoppers, Van said. Felix's stomach lurched. Food. Wow, he said, around a mouthful of saliva. They walked past a little hatchback, and in the front seat was the dried body of a woman holding the dried body of a baby, and his mouth filled with sour bile, even though the smell was faint through the rolled-up windows. He hadn't thought of Kelly or 2.0 in days. He dropped to his knees and retched again. Out here in the real world his family was dead. Everyone he knew was dead. He just wanted to lie down on the sidewalk and wait to die, too. Van's rough hands slipped under his armpits and hauled weakly at him. Not now, he said. Once we're safe inside somewhere and we've eaten something, and then and then you can do this, but not now. Understand me, Felix? Not fucking now. The profanity got through to him. He got to his feet. His knees were trembling. Just a block more, Van said, and slipped Felix's arm around his shoulders and led him along. Thank you, Van. I'm sorry. No sweat, he said. You need a shower. Bad. No offense. None taken. The shoppers had a metal security gate, but it had been torn away from the front windows, which had been rudely smashed. Felix and Van squeezed through the gap and stepped into the dim drugstore. A few of the displays were knocked over, but other than that, it looked okay. By the cash registers, Felix spotted the racks of candy bars at the same instant that Van saw them, and they hurried over and grabbed a handful each, stuffing their faces. You two eat like pigs. They both whirled at the sound of the woman's voice. She was holding a fire axe that was nearly as big as she was. She wore a lab coat and comfortable shoes. You just take what you need and go, okay? No sense in there being any trouble. Her chin was pointy and her eyes were sharp. She looked to be in her forties. She looked nothing like Kelly, which was good, because Felix felt like running and giving her a hug as it was. Another person alive! Are you a doctor? Felix said. She was wearing scrubs under the coat, he saw. Are you going to go? She brandished the axe. Felix held his hands up. Seriously, are you a doctor? A pharmacist? I used to be an RN ten years ago. Mostly I'm a web designer. You're shitting me, Felix said. Haven't you ever met a girl who knows who knew anything about computers? Actually, a friend of mine who runs Google's data center is a girl. A woman, I mean. You're shitting me, she said. A woman ran Google's data center? Runs, Felix said. It's still online. NFW, she said. She let the axe lower. Way. Have you got any cortisone cream? I can tell you the story. My name's Felix, and this is Van, who needs any antihistamines you can spare. I can spare? Felix, old pal, I have enough dope here to last a hundred years. This stuff's going to expire long before it runs out. But are you telling me the net's still up? It's still up, he said. Kind of. That's what we've been doing all week, keeping it all online. 
It might not last much longer, though. No, she said. I don't suppose it would. She set the axe down. Have you got anything to trade? I don't need much, but I've been trying to keep my spirits up by trading with the neighbors. It's like playing civilization. You have neighbors? At least ten, she said. The people in the restaurant across the way make pretty good soup, even if most of the veg is canned. They clean me out of sterno, though. You've got neighbors, and you trade with them? Well, nominally. It'd be pretty lonely without them. I've taken care of whatever sniffles I could. I said a bone, broken wrist. Listen, do you want some Wonder Bread and peanut butter? I have a ton of it. Your friend looks like he could use a meal. Yes, please, Van said. We don't have anything to trade, but we're both committed workaholics and learning to le looking to learn a profession. Could you use some assistance? Not really, she said. She spun the axe on its, he on its head. But I wouldn't mind some company. They ate the sandwiches and then some soup. The restaurant people brought it over and made their manners at them, though Felix saw their noses wrinkle up, and he ascertained that there was working plumbing in the back room. Van went in to take a sponge bath, and then he followed. None of us know what, knows what to do, the woman said. Her name was Rosa, and she had found them a bottle of wine and some disposable plastic cups from the housewares aisle. I thought we'd have helicopters or tanks or even looters, but it's just quiet. You seem to have kept pretty quiet yourself, Felix said. I didn't want to attract the wrong kind of attention. You ever think maybe there's a lot of people out there doing the same thing? Maybe if we all got together, we'd come up with something to do. Or maybe they'll cut our throats, she said. Van nodded. She's got a point. Felix was on his feet. No way, we can't think like that. Lady, we're at a critical juncture here. We can go down through negligence, dwindling away in our hiding holes, or we can try to build something better. Better. <laughs> she made a rude noise. Okay, not better, but something, though. Building something is better than letting it dwindle away. Christ, what are you going to do when you've read all the magazines and eaten all the potato chips here? Rosa shook her head. It's pretty talk, she said. What the hell are we going to do anyway? Something, Felix said. We're going to do something. Something is better than nothing. We're going to take care of this patch of the world where people are talking to each other, and we're going to expand it. We're going to find everyone we can, and we're going to take care of them, and they're, they're going to take care of us. We'll probably fuck it up. We'll probably fail. I'd rather fail than give up, though. Van laughed. Felix, you are crazier than Sario, you know it? We're going to go and drag him out first thing tomorrow. He's going to be a part of this, too. Everyone will. Screw the end of the world. This world doesn't end. Humans aren't the kind of things that have endings. Rosa shook her head again, but she was smiling a little now. And you'll be what? The Pope Emperor of the world? He prefers Prime Minister, Van said in a stagey whisper. The antihistamines had worked miracles on his skin, and it had faded from angry red to a fine pink. You want to be Minister of Health, Rosa, he said. Boys, she said, playing games. How about this? I'll help you out however I can, provided you never ask me to call you Prime Minister, and you never, ever call me the Minister of Health. It's a deal, he said. Van refilled their glasses, upending the wine bottle to get out the last few drops. They raised their glasses. To the world, Felix said. To humanity. He thought hard. To rebuilding. To anything, Van said. To anything, Felix said. To everything. To everything, Rosa said. They drank. He wanted to go see the house. 
see Kelly in 2.0, though his stomach churned at the thought of what he might find there. But the next day they started to rebuild, and months later they started again, when disagreements tore apart the fragile little group they'd pulled together. And a year after that they started over again, and five years later they started again. It was nearly six months then before he went home. Van helped him along, riding cover behind him on the bicycles they used to get around town. The further north they rode, the stronger the smell of burnt wood became. There were lots of burnt-out houses. Sometimes marauders burnt the houses they looted, but more often it was just nature, the kind of fires you got in forests and on mountains. There were six choking burnt blocks where every house was burned before they reached home. But Felix's old housing development was still standing, an oasis of eerily pristine buildings that looked like maybe their somewhat neglectful owners had merely stepped out to buy some paint and fresh lawnmower blades to bring their old homes back up to their neat, groomed selves. That was worse somehow. He got off the bike at the entry of the subdivision, and they walked the bikes together in silence, listening to the sough of the wind in the trees. Winter was coming late that year, but it was coming, and as the sweat dried in the wind, Felix started to shiver. He didn't have his keys anymore. They were at the data center, months and worlds away. He tried the door handle, but it didn't turn. He applied his shoulder to the door, and it ripped away from its wet, rotted jam with a loud, splintering sound. The house was rotting from the inside. The door splashed when it landed. The house was full of stagnant water, four inches of stinking pond-scummed water in the living room. He splashed carefully through it, feeling the floorboards sag spongily beneath each step. Up the stairs, his nose full of that green, terrible, mildewy stench. In the bedroom, the furniture was familiar as a childhood friend. Kelly was in bed with 2.0. The way they both lay, it was clear that they hadn't gone easy. They were twisted double, Kelly curled around 2.0. Their skin was bloated, making them almost unrecognizable. The smell. God, the smell. Felix's head spun. He thought he would fall over and clutched at the dresser. An emotion he couldn't name, rage, anger, sorrow, made him breathe hard, gulp for air like he was drowning. And then it was over. The world was over. Kelly in 2.0, over. And he had a job to do. He folded the blanket over them. Van helped solemnly. They went into the front yard and took turns digging, using the shovel from the garage that Kelly had used for gardening. They had lots of experience digging graves by then. Lots of experience handling the dead. They dug, and wary dogs watched them from the tall grass on the neighboring lawns, but they were also good at chasing off dogs with well-thrown stones. When the grave was dug, they laid Felix's wife and son to rest in it. Felix quested after words to say over the mound, but none came. He dug so many graves for so many men's wives, and so many women's husbands, and so many children. The words were long gone. Felix dug ditches and salvaged cans and buried the dead. He planted and harvested. He fixed some cars and learned to make biodiesel. Finally, he fetched up in a data center for a little government. Little governments came and went, but this one was smart enough to want to keep records and needed someone to keep everything running, and Van went with him. 
They spent a lot of time in chat rooms, and sometimes they happened upon old friends from the strange time they'd spent running the distributed republic of cyberspace. Geeks who insisted on calling him PM, although no one in the real world called him that anymore. It wasn't a good life most of the time. Felix's wounds never healed, and neither did most other people's. There were lingering sicknesses, and there were sudden ones. Tragedy on tragedy. But Felix liked his data center. There in the humming of the racks, he never felt like it was the first days of a better nation, but he never felt like it was the last days of one, either. Go to bed, Felix. Soon, Kong, soon. I've almost got this backup running. You're a junkie, dude. Look who's talking. He reloaded the Google homepage. Queen Kong had it, all, had, it had it online for a couple of years now. The O's in Google changed all the time whenever she got the urge. Today there were little cartoon globes, one smiling and the other frowning. He looked at it for a long time and then dropped back into a terminal to check his backup. It was running clean for a change. The little government's records were safe. Okay, night-night. Take care. Van waved at him as he creaked to the door, stretching out his back with a long series of pops. Sleep well, boss, he said. Don't stick around here all night, Felix said. You need your sleep, too. You're too good to us, grunts, Van said, and went back to typing. Felix went to the door and walked out into the night. Behind him, the biodiesel generator hummed and made its acrid fumes. The harvest moon was up, which he loved. Tomorrow he'd go back and fix another computer and fight off entropy again. And why not? It was what he did. He was a sysadmin. And that's the story. So uh, I'll get this uploaded. Off to Geneva tomorrow for a UN meeting and then London for a day. Uganda, if the riots have stopped by then for a week of Pan-African Copyright Minister's meetings. Back to London to do to run a week's worth of DRM meetings. San Diego for Apache Con, a day at EFF in San Francisco, and then back to London, Christmas holidays, and I'll be back in the new year. I'm going to record some stuff while I'm off and away, so there'll be lots of uploads come 2006. I'll talk to you then. Have a great Christmas. Bye.